This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. host James Pace and welcome to another amazing episode. I cannot believe that I've gone through five episodes now and I have to thank you the listener, uh, my supporters, my friends and family. Without you I've not made these many episodes so far and I'm looking forward to many more and if you can't notice it well I think the sound is a lot better and I have to thank one of my friends and supporters and listeners. Thank you, Stefania, for recommending this microphone and actually finding it for me. And I was able to uh, get a hold of it, and it's working great, I think. So with that said, I am here drinking my Anarcho coffee. I'm drinking the Dark and Gold, which is my favorite so far. And they are all really good, but this one is my favorite blend. And surprisingly, my wife loves it, too. So that says a lot because she's not a big coffee drinker. The Dark and Gold has dark chocolate, molasses, and brown sugar notes in it. And it just has this not necessarily strong taste because it is a medium roast, but it has a very awakening taste to it. Normally, when I drink coffee in the morning, it takes me about an hour to really wake up. And with Anarcho Coffee and this Dark and Gold blend or roast, I feel after 30 minutes of drinking it, you know, because I drink my coffee very slow, as you can tell. I feel awake. It's like jet fuel and I am up and perky and ready to go. So I recommend this coffee highly. Anarchocoffee.com slash PIF. I'll have the link in the description and that's the link that you can use to help me support this podcast. I am alone during this episode. I wasn't able to lock any guest in just because of scheduling. A lot of people had other things to do, which is fine. It's cool. They... The people that I've been talking to do want to be on the uh, podcast, which is great. I have a lot of friends I've, I've, you know, that I've networked with in different specialties. And I think it brings a lot to the conversation to get their expertise on. And the next episode will be about something that means a lot to me. And I'm, we're right now scheduled to have uh, my special guest on there to discuss this topic. It's something that's meant a lot to me. I, uh, I just celebrated my fifth anniversary of sobriety, which means so much to me. And that is the topic that hopefully we'll get to talk to about next week is about alcohol dependency disorder and also about mental health and prohibition and kind of you'll see how we like loop it all in together. So again, this episode is just me. What I would like to see through this episode is the topic is going to be about something that we've seen in current events. It's very tragic and I do not want to mention the actual tragedies, because I don't want to put any more publicity or any more recognition or any more attention to these horrible acts, because that is what these horrible people that have caused these tragedies want. They want us to give them attention by mentioning these tragedies, by talking about it directly about what they've done, their names, and their causes. That's what they want. They want people to listen to these things. And I don't want to give them more attention than what the mainstream media has already given them. But the topic itself of gun control and gun violence 
is a very important topic that we need to talk about. Now, on this episode, I am giving my perspective, my ideals, and my political view on it. However, I do want to have the conversation with other views because that's what this podcast is about. So I will have guests on to talk about this topic eventually once we can nail down the scheduling. In the meantime, I want my listeners to have the conversation with me. And there's several ways that you can do this. You can find us on Facebook, which I'll have the link again on the description along with all the other links that I would like for you to visit. But it's facebook.com forward slash pace and freedom. And you can PM me on there or you can leave a comment when I post this episode. You can comment on YouTube if you like when it gets posted on YouTube. Or you can have a more direct conversation with me and others by becoming a patron on my Patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash pace and freedom, which gives you access to the Discord server. And you can have the conversation with me and others that are patrons and have access to the Discord server. So all those links will be in the description and you'll be able to access them. And I welcome these conversations. However, in this episode, it's just my point of view and you can agree with it, disagree with it. I'd like to have that conversation. Again, this platform is not about debating. It's not about arguing. It's about listening, listening to all sides and trying to reach an understanding. The famous quote that I use a lot is understand before being understood. That quote means so much to me when I read it in the, not to advertise anything, but I think it's a good book, is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that, out of anything that I got out of that book, was that step to first understand and then to be understood. That just means so much to me because it it allows you to feel empathy, which is some is a feeling that a lot of people don't have. So the topic is on gun control. And my view on gun control is I don't think making tougher and more strict gun control really will help any of the situation that we have today with gun violence. Ultimately, we have seen time and time again that government implemented prohibition does not work. It creates more violence. It encourages more violence. It encourages more crime. We've talked about this during my soapbox episode. And you can make something as strict as you want, but it never resolves the source of the issue. Firearms, let's put in a broader spectrum, right? Firearms is simply a tool. It doesn't grow legs and goes and shooting people and killing people. It's the user that uses the tool to do bad things. It's just like if I grab a screwdriver, I can use it for good things, which you can use guns for good things. And I can grab a screwdriver and shove it into somebody's neck and kill them. Well, I just use it for a bad thing. And it's no different than a gun. Making guns a lot more restrictive, a lot harder to get will not stop somebody from getting this tool and using it for bad. It simply doesn't. We've seen in numerous occasions where the violent shooter had the guns legally, and we've seen them where they've had them illegally. If you go to Chicago, where it has the strictest gun laws in the entire nation, they have the highest gun violence. And I've heard from further uh, left ideals of, well, let's just ban guns altogether, but it is really hard to do that with the amount of guns that we have now today legally 
and the strong view of the right to bear arms in this country, you would not ever be able to ban guns. It would just be impossible. This is something that would have had to start during the inception of this country, and it wasn't. We established that it is a human right to bear arms and to defend yourself. Now, I have pulled up, I did a lot of research, and I pulled up a lot of facts, and I know that a lot of people argue with me on, oh, well, you pulled up facts from, like, libertarian ideals and conservative ideals. Uh, actually, there is a lot of research out there that is pretty unbiased, and I was able to find it pretty easily. And actually, a lot of the mainstream media has used a lot of this information, but they use certain information from these studies to fit their agenda and fit their views and I, on both sides. Um, I like using CNN and Fox News as an example because those are the biggest mainstream media and the uh, biggest contributors to causing divide and hate. And I found this website. It's a it's called a Just Facts, a resource for independent thinkers. And they, they cover a lot of both what both sides have mentioned. It's just you can spin it to fit your agenda and your view. So I can discuss a lot of these things. Another resource I found, uh, obviously Wikipedia, but you can argue that Wikipedia doesn't have real facts and that's fine. So, but I do have a few things from Wikipedia. There's also a website called procon.org and they have a pretty interesting pro-con views about gun restriction and gun control. The, the big, the, the main question is, should more gun control laws be enacted? And they have a pro-cons list, and they use a lot of resources and sources and citations that come from different study groups on both sides. I did pull one up that is probably is a little bit more biased on, towards the left, and it's called Amnesty International. And then my other resource is from the Library of Congress, and I can't believe I don't have it pulled up. I wanted this up, and I accidentally closed it. I might have accidentally closed it, but it's the Global and uh, Peace Index, which here it is. Nope, that's not it. So I have to find that one. I can't believe I didn't save it, but it's the Global Peace Index. And using the resources that I've just mentioned and comparing them, I can tell you that from what I've seen, gun control doesn't have any effect on the criminal activity in a country. So we're going to go over a lot of this. Let me first point out what my point of view is on gun control. I don't believe in it, as I mentioned earlier. I heavily believe in the human right of bearing arms to defend yourself. And do I think that it is necessary to have a high-powered weapon to defend yourself, to defend your home? Well, I've I can say yes. If you look at history, and it's interesting because I had this interesting debate, and I try not to get into debates, but a lot of people like to try to argue, and they just want to incite hate. One of my good friends who has been on this show posted about gun control. His his view is that we need to pass more strict gun control laws and to prevent further gun violence, and I respectfully disagreed, and he understands my point of view. And we we weren't the ones arguing. It was somebody on his comments that decided to really want to pick a fight and be very disrespectful and nasty about it to the point that he literally want, wished harm on people that I know, uh, that I may know, to 
be a victim. And those are the kind of conversations I really hate being in. But he tried to throw all these different facts that he just picked out from sources and really didn't do any educating himself in these facts. He shared the global, uh, this was where I started actually when it was, he showed this and I was like, okay, well, let's start right there actually to find all this resource. And he shared this list from the global peace index of countries that have less crime. And he claimed that, oh, see, all these other countries that have more strict gun rules are higher in the global peace index. And it turned out that like five or six of the countries that were on the top of the list have less restrictions than we do. So and I, when I try to call him out on it, he's like, oh, you don't have any evidence on this. And then, you know, I was able to pull a lot of this evidence and I'm using it for the podcast. I didn't want to argue with this guy anymore. He was getting really nasty and wishing ill upon my friends. And I, I just at that point, I usually just shut them out because I, I don't like those conversations and it's not like me to get into um, these hateful uh, arguments. So now that I have the... So he pulled up information from Vision of Humanity, which has the uh, Global uh, Peace Index. And I just want to pull up some examples, right? So right now in the global ranking, we can see Russia is 154 out of the 163 countries that they have on the global uh, peace index score and they are one of the and if you pull it up it shows on the gpi indicators so access to weapons they're four out of five meaning that people have a pretty easy access to weapons but that does not mean that the restrictions are not there they are actually one of the higher restricted countries there's others that are higher than russia but they are a higher restricted gun control country, yet people have easy access to weapons. Again, why is that? You can still get weapons on the black market. It doesn't stop people from being violent. It doesn't stop from people getting their hands on these tools. The only way you would do that is have a complete ban on guns, and that is just impossible. Military still will always have guns. Police will always have guns, etc., etc. And being one of the countries with the one of the higher gun restrictions and still having access to weapons just goes to show you gun restriction doesn't work. Perception of criminality is four out of five in Russia. Homicide, homicide is 4.1. So if I pulled up on their gun control laws, let's look up Russia here. And I actually got two sources for that. I got the, the uh, Library of Congress and the Wikipedia. And so, again, they're not the the most strict, but they are pretty strict. And if we look at Russia, they they issue, yes, they may issue license to private citizens. Yes, they may issue personal for personal protection. Now, if you look at open carry, they don't have a open carry license. Uh, concealed carry, they don't have a concealed carry license, which makes no sense if they're issuing. But when I read the descriptions of these issuings to private citizens and to personal protection, they're talking about uh, police force as well as included in that and for privatized security as well. So that's why it's May issue. And they also have uh, no license for carry, uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, the fully automatic firearms are not permitted in the country. And I'm not sure what this free of res registration it has the number eight so i don't know if that's a no or a yes and um they have five years imprisonment 
for having a weapon illegally. So they are they're pretty strict, stricter than we are, and yet they have the they have high gun violence as well. So now, if you look at the United States and the Global Peace Index, we're 128 out of 163. We're pretty low. I want you to look at Estonia. Estonia is 37 out of 163. And they actually have a very, very low gun control. And if you look at their homicide rate, they're 2.3 out of 5. Access to weapons is 2.0 out of 5, meaning that people don't feel the need to access weapons. But they have the least uh, amount of gun control. Intensity of internal conflicts, they're at 1.0, and homicide, they're at 2.3 out of 5. They're pretty peaceful. So if we look at their gun control laws, they are, yes, shall issue for private citizens. Yes, shall issue for personal protection. They don't have an open carry, but they have concealed carry. Yes, shall issue. No bullet and chamber except revolvers so you can carry and have your magazine out and separate uh yes they shall issue um for fully automatic firearms and so they they have to issue a registration but they shall issue it meaning that if a citizen comes to wherever they register however they register their guns uh they have to um, provide it they have to register them uh, without checks or anything. And they are the most peaceful country. This is a fact. Uh, we can look at other countries that have lesser gun control than we do. My favorite is on here, of course. I love this country. I someday will go visit. It's a small, precious little country, I swear. Uh, I've seen pictures of it, and it's just like it's so easy to fall in love with. Uh, is Lithuania. Lithuania. I cannot pronounce it. I love it, but... I cannot pronounce it correctly. Lithuania. And in Lithuania, they have a lesser gun control than we do. And let's look up what they... There, here it is. Lithuania is, wow, 38 out of 163. They have lesser gun laws than we do. And they manage to be uh, the most peaceful. So it just goes to show you that gun control has nothing to do with it. Okay, it's the culture. And those are the facts for that. So let's look at um, what I found on uh, procon.org. They, they make a pretty decent arguments on both sides, and I can see it, right? So should more gun control laws be enacted? So let's look at the pros first, and then we'll go with the cons. I favor more the cons, of course, because of my beliefs and what I've been able to research. But let's look at the pros. And they have pretty decent pros. Uh, not all of them, but, you know, I'll let you decide. So the Second Amendment is not an unlimited right to own guns. Gun control laws are just as old or older than the Second Amendment, ratified in 1791. Some examples of gun control throughout colonial America included criminalizing the transfer of guns. Uh, let me look here. I had to expand it. It says read more. Now everything is all convoluted. So mandating, they had laws in the past mandating participation in formal gathering of troops and or door surveys about guns owned. And June 26, uh, D.C. versus Heller, you, uh, Supreme Court majority opinion wrote, uh, Justice Antonin Scalia wrote, like most rights, the right secured by the Second Amendment is not unlimited. Nothing in our opinion should be taken to cast doubt on longstanding prohibition on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill. 
are laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places such as schools, government buildings, or laws imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. I partially disagree with that, but it's uh, it's actually a pretty good point, even though, you know, the Second Amendment uh, gives you the right to bear arms. There are, and I think this isn't, this isn't a government thing, though. I think the government shouldn't set up rules and regulations to where not to have guns. I think that should be the individual establishments uh, and properties. It goes back to property rights. If you are the a property owner of an establishment or of a land or property or whatever the case may be, and you want uh, to set your own rules, hey, I don't want guns in my on my property. That is your right, and you have the right to refuse that person from entering. Uh, your establishment or your property. So in that kind of case, I, I agree with uh, Scalia, Justice Scalia. I just don't agree with him that it should be the government determining where uh, guns should be and not be. So pro two is more gun laws should reduce gun deaths. There were 572,537 Total gun deaths between 1999 and 2016, 336,579 suicides, which is the 58.8% of the total guns, gun deaths. And not to sound insensitive, I think this is a very touching subject and a very important subject is, but the use of a gun is the easiest form to commit suicide, in my opinion. I mean, it's pulling a trigger and you're done. Taking away guns wouldn't stop somebody from committing suicide. And I'm not saying that that's why we should have guns. However, there are other forms of suicide that are a lot more painful and uh, takes longer to die, which I guess in a way you can look at it. It's like, okay, well then that gives us time a little bit. It gives that person chance and time to save themselves. I agree with that as well. I just can't relate it with gun control as or agree with it when it comes to gun control as much then 213,175 of those deaths were homicides 37.2% and 11,428 unintentional deaths which is 2%. Uh, guns were the leading cause of death by homicide and by suicide. A study in the New England Journal of Medicine found that firearms were the second leading cause of death for children responsible for 15% of child deaths compared to 20% in motor vehicle crashes. So more gun control laws would reduce gun deaths, according to this pro. I I don't think I can agree with it as much. I can see where you can come up with that uh, conclusion. Pro 3, high-capacity magazines should be banned because they too often turn murders into mass murder. Uh, a Mother Jones investigation found that high-capacity magazines were used in the 50% of 62 mass shootings between 1982 and 2012. When high-capacity magazines were used in mass shootings, the death rate rose 63%, and the injury rate rose 156%. And there's more information on there. Uh, firearms and explosives uh, ATF agent stated that high-capacity magazine turns a killer into a killing machine. Pro 4, more gun control laws are needed to protect women from domestic abusers and stalkers. Again, it comes that one, uh, it comes back to the whole doing background checks and so forth. So five women are murdered with guns every day in the United States. A woman's risk of being murdered increases 500% if a gun is per- 
present during a domestic dispute. During the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, 5,364 U.S. soldiers were killed in action between October 7, 2001 and January 28, 2015. Between 2001 and 2012, 6,410 women were killed with gun by an intimate partner in the United States. Pro 5, more gun control laws. Oh, no. Yeah, guns are rarely used in self-defense. This is true. I do find that to be true. Of the 29, or sorry, 29,618,300 violent crimes committed between 2007 and 2011, 0.79% of victims, which is 235,700, protected themselves with the threat of use or use of firearm that least employed protective behavior. In 2010, there were 230 justifiable homicides in which private citizens used firearms to kill a felon compared to 8,275 criminal gun homicides or 36 criminal homicides for every justifiable homicide. So yeah, I agree with that. I don't think gun control is going to resolve it. Gun control will make it worse because now you're disarming the people that are defending themselves even more, those that do defend themselves with guns. And the thing is, it's again, it comes back to culture. I think we've created this culture that guns are bad and dangerous. So less and less people, uh, the newer and newer generation, less and less people purchase guns and have a gun to defend themselves. So, or have a fear of guns and they have a gun and they just don't use it because of that cultural fear that we have created. Again, my opinion, you can discuss it uh, on the side. Uh, Pro 7, gun control laws would reduce the societal costs associated with gun violence. And that goes, I think that kind of relates back to Pro 3, but we'll read it anyways, Pro 7. Um, So gun control laws would reduce the societal costs associated with gun violence. The more than 100,000 people shot in the United States each year generated emergency room and hospital charges of nearly $3 billion. A study in the American Journal of Public Health estimated that hospitalizations for firearm-related injuries cost Medicaid and Medicare $2.7 billion over nine years. Okay, so with this one, I think everybody can kind of guess where I'm going to go with with that. Um, Why are we paying taxes for Medicaid and Medicare? And we can have that discussion again, but... They, uh, yeah, they pay a lot out. Uh, Pro 9, more gun control leads to fewer suicides. I, that one, I completely disagree. Uh, the argument there is that because there's a gun present, it makes it easier for somebody to commit suicide. It, that argument, if you're not a psychiatrist or psychologist, you shouldn't make that discussion. And uh, as far as I can see here, they didn't even source any psych on that determination. Um, they just have numbers of how many suicides there have been with guns, which is uh, far more than other type of suicides. And that's kind of uh, a no-brainer just because, again, it comes back to guns is way easier to use for a suicide but would it stop suicide? If you're mentally ill and you want to kill yourself, you're going to find a way to do it. I'm sorry. And I, I can speak to this more on experience than others. I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist, but I, I definitely can speak on an uh, experience on this one. Uh, and I will maybe get into that in further episodes. Uh, I don't want to discuss it now. Uh, let's see, where are we at? So there's a lot of pros on here. I can't, I'm not going to go over 
all of them because there's definitely a time crunch. I want to go over the cons really quick. So uh, con one, the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution protects the individual gun ownership. And for me, this is true. Obviously, we it's in our Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution reads, and this is just reading off of what the further information read more on the con one, is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. Gun ownership is an American tradition older than the country itself and is protected by the Second Amendment. More gun control laws would infringe upon this right to bear arms. Um, again, Justice Scalia on the District of Columbia versus Heller said that the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with the service in a militia and to use the firearm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home. And then there goes through a few other cases, the McDonald versus City of Chicago and um, so forth. Con 2 Gun control laws do not deter crime. Gun ownership deters, uh, gun ownership deters crime. So a study in applied economics letters found that assault weapon bans did not significantly affect murder rates at the state level. And states with restrictions on carrying concealed weapons had higher gun related murders. While gun ownership doubled in the 20th century, the murder rate decreased. John R. Lott, Jr., uh, PhD, author of More Guns, Less Crime, Understanding Crime and Gun Control Laws, stated, states with the less largest increase in gun ownership also have the largest drops in violent crimes. The effects on shall issue concealed gun laws on the crimes where two or more people were killed has been dramatic. When the states passed the laws, the number of multiple victim shootings declined by 84%. Again, these are just facts. Deaths from these shootings plummeted an average of 90% of injuries by 82%. More than two-thirds of gun owners cite protection as major reason for owning a gun. And then journalist John Stossel explained, Criminals don't obey the laws without the fear of retaliation from victims who might be packing heat. Criminals in possession of these illegal weapons now have a much easier job as they Say, if guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Con 3, gun control laws, especially those that try to ban assault weapons, infringe upon the right to own guns for hunting and sport. That one, uh, I don't, I hate that excuse. I really do. Yeah, you can use assault weapons for hunting, and that's all great and dandy, and you would violate that person's right to hunt with a assault weapon. Um, I just think that argument is so pointless. Um, read more. So in 2011, there were 13.7 million hunters 16 years old or older in the United States, and they spent 7.7 billions on gun sights, ammunition, and other hunting equipment. High-powered semi-automatic rifles and shotguns are used to hunt and in target shooting tournaments such uh, each year. According to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, so-called assault weapons are more often than not less powerful than other hunting rifles. Which is true. Con 5. Gun control laws will not prevent criminals from obtaining guns or breaking the laws. Again, this is a fact. Of 62 mass shootings in the United States between 1982 and 2012, 49 of the shooters used legally obtained guns. Collectively, 143 guns were possessed by the killers without 75% obtaining it legally. Uh, we'll go over a couple more cons here, and then I'm going to kind of cut it short because 
of time restriction. So con six, gun control laws such as background checks and micro stamping are a privacy um, are an invasion of privacy. That one I don't really care much about. I mean, yeah, it is, but ultimately we we have to kind of agree that maybe registration is not too horribly a bad idea. What I would say is uh, stamping of the bullets does affect the accuracy and the effectiveness of a bullet. So I wouldn't serialize stamp serialized guns, and it would have caused it to be more expensive. Uh, con 8, more gun control is unnecessary because relatively few people are killed by guns. Um, this one is very important because this one is surprising. Their source is from the CDC, which uh, during the Obama administration, they uh, decided to spend a good amount of money. I can't remember the amount. It's not mentioned on this uh, source, but I do remember that during the Obama administration, they decided to spend a significant amount of money to the CDC to study gun violence. And the CDC actually came out with the leading cause of death reports between 1999 and 2013. Americans were 21 and a half times more likely to die of heart disease, uh, 18.7 times more likely to die of malignant tumors, and 2.4 times more likely to die from diabetes um, or from 2.3 from Alzheimer's. That's more than to die from firearms. The flu-related pneumonia and traffic accidents are actually higher than guns. And then they do not count as a suicide as a result of, of owning a guns for uh, suicide. Uh, they count it as independent. So because ultimately that person if they want to die, as I said, will die one way or another, will kill themselves one way or another if they absolutely want to. So it wouldn't um, significantly make a difference. So those are your pros and cons of gun control. And I think for me, it's pretty clear gun control doesn't make a difference. Does that mean that there isn't a solution? Absolutely not. I think my platform, for example, is uh, part of a solution. I think trying to bring conversation and, and reduce hate would help greatly and reducing gun violence if we would just kind of not hate each other so much. So right before we wrap this up, I just want to go to Just Facts as one of my other sources. And this is, a, again, a independent resource and actually cnn and fox news has both used this for their reasons and causes and agendas which is funny that they went to the same source but some numbers here i want to bring up is the united states has a population of roughly 319 million people and this is in 2014 and roughly 371 million firearms were owned by u.s civilians and domestic law enforcement in 2014 of these about 146 million were handguns. Civilians accounted for 80% of non-military gun industry revenues in 2012. Handguns compromised a 52% of all new guns sold to civilians and law enforcement in 2014, as compared to 35% in 2000. So Gallup polls found that following levels of self-declared gun ownership among different groups of people, uh, 45% males, 15% 15% females, 33% are white, uh, 22% are non-white, 38% of Republicans own guns. They get pretty uh, deep in this. And dependents, 31%, and Democrats, 22% own guns. And then in 2013, a Gallup poll 
Gun owners stated they own firearms for the following reasons. Uh, protection against crime, 60%, uh, 36% for hunting, and 31% for recreational target shooting. So crime and self-defense, uh, roughly 16,459 murders were committed in the United States during 2016. Of these, about 11,961, or 73%, were committed with firearms. So that is a pretty high number. Let's see here. There was also, though, a number somewhere here, if I can find it, where it showed that a lot of those were justifiable homicides. Of course, I'm just going to scroll and scroll and scroll and not find it, but it's in there. And again, you can look this up on justfacts.com. Time is running out, so I actually will not be able to go through all the facts, but these are kind of the things that is how I establish kind of my point of view on it. And ultimately, I feel that we need to attack the problem at its source, and that is a we need to have a cultural change. Uh, I blame the mass media and dividing us so much that has caused so much hatred for one another and these are the reasons for so much violence and you know yes gun is the uh tool of choice but you can't really blame the tool we need to fix the problem of the source without infringing on people's natural rights to defend themselves with that same tool I want to quote Thomas Massey, a uh, representative from Kentucky, on uh, a tweet that he made. And it goes like this. Uh, Some have asked, who needs 100 rounds? If six brave, trained, and alert police officers with professionally maintained weapons fired 58 rounds to subdue the Dayton shooter, I'd say my wife deserves at least that many chances to protect herself and my kids when I'm not home. And, I mean... That, to me, is the honest truth. And uh, you can, again, discuss this with me through comments and through our Discord. And let's have this conversation. I will not argue anything with you. I will not debate anything with you. I will listen and have a conversation with you. So please feel free. Uh, that's all I got for today. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode. I cannot wait to do more episodes to create more content. Uh, I will try to create a special content this week if I can as well for my patrons. And I am excited to talk to the guests that I have lined up for future podcasts. I have a very special uh, couple of special episodes that I think you're going to find super interesting. And I really think that it's going to become a amazing conversation uh, I got the idea from a couple of my listeners and supporters, and I think it's an amazing idea. I don't want to give anything away yet because I don't know if I can lock in those guests. But if I do lock in those guests, I think it's going to really bring a very uh, interesting conversation that I think everybody will enjoy. So that's all I got for today. Thank you again for listening. This is Pace and Freedom, and I am your host, Jamie Pace.